grace and peace to you. These are gifts, good gifts from God our Father because of Jesus our Savior. And it's through Jesus that we receive them because we are connected to God. Dear Christian friends, how would you define success or fulfillment in life? There are lots of different ways, right? Different people would have a different definition of success, a different standards. But, but I think there are some, some things that probably almost everyone agrees on that these are, are markers or indicators of success, right? So, for instance, whether you are his fan or not, we can probably agree that Tom Brady is successful, I mean, the guy came out of relative obscurity, out of college, was drafted in the seventh round, almost Mr. Irrelevant, right? And, and now is, if he wins today, would probably be considered by most people to be the, the quarterback that is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. We can have an argument if you'd like. But definitely, he's definitely in the conversation, which definitely means he is successful. Or... Whether, again, whether you are a fan or not, most people would consider Oprah, no last name needed, to be successful. I mean, she, she launched a TV show that, that changed American culture in some ways. She then launched a, a network and a magazine and, and all kinds of other companies spun off of that. She's worth several billion dollars. And so whether, again, whether you are a fan or not, I think most people would agree that she's successful. When you can instantly recognize her name, her face, that's probably an indicator of success. The problem is, by those standards, I am not a success. If you have to be a professional athlete or have made multi-millions of dollars, I don't know how many of you would be considered a success either, right? And so maybe that makes us start to feel like, well, maybe we're, we're failures. But, but the world has different ways to measure success, right? Those aren't the only, those are kind of the, the high end of the success scale. But the world says there's different ways you can be successful, right? If you have a whole wall full of degrees, wow, you must be really successful, if you have a whole bunch of, of letters and acronyms after your name and your job title, you must be successful. If you champion causes and you impact lives, you must be successful. The problem with all of those definitions of success is the success ends. It doesn't last. Right? If, you make, if you make your career the standard upon which you base your success, well, there's plenty of examples in the last months alone of people who have had ascending careers only to send out a foolish tweet or have an old picture surface on inst uh, social media. And all of a sudden, their career goes from an upward trajectory to quickly down. But even if you make it all the way through a career and you're successful all the way through and you get to the very end and it's time to retire, well, how many people after retirement, how many of your clients, how many of your coworkers do you think are going to remember you? A few weeks? 
hopefully most, right? A few months, maybe some, a few years, probably not many. Because in this world, success is this fleeting thing, and let's be honest, it quickly fades. That's why God wants us to have a different measure of success, a different way to quantify it, a different way to think about it. It's a a measurement that doesn't fade, that doesn't just drop off at a certain point in our life, that that doesn't end when we make a bonehead mistake. Instead, God has a very different measure of what we would call success. And it's our first takeaway this morning. That my life can only be called successful if I'm connected to God. So it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how many letters come after your name or your job title. It doesn't matter how many causes you've championed. None of that matters if you're not connected to God. This morning we're beginning our our series called Connect. And it's important then with us taking a look, to take a look this morning at the most important connection, which is our connection to God. Because the thing is, sometimes we we think we're kind of, right, uh, I'm a rock, I'm an island to to steal from Simon and Garfunkel, right? I'm a a one-man show, I don't need other people. And no matter how lone wolf you think you might be, you're not. And and I know you're not because God has not created you to be an army of one. He has created you to be wired for connections. Now, maybe you're a person that is like a natural networker and you want dozens or even hundreds of connections. And maybe you're a person who really only wants a few really close connections. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. But however God has wired you to be connected to other people, He 100% sure for every single human being has wired you to be connected to him. Now, there's plenty of people who don't think that's true, who don't believe that, right? You probably know plenty of them. People who think that we're autonomous creatures, that we are masters of our own lives, of our own fate, of our own destiny. And, And most of those people think that success is measured by accomplishments and how much you can accumulate. But the thing with that measure of success is that it's always going to end. I mean, ask Warren Buffett, who spent his entire life accumulating and is rapidly approaching the end of his life. And the, the old saying is still true, he who dies with the most toys still dies. So the end of success comes if you measure it in accomplishments and accumulation. It it ends for everyone because everybody's eventually going to die. That's why God wants us to have a different measure of success. In fact, God doesn't even use the term success. God uses a different term. He talks about bearing fruit, a life that is fruitful, And he does that because he wants us to understand that success is actually really not about us. It's got a totally different focus. Our our success being fruitful people in the world is really all about God. 
And so if that's the case, then it's imperative that we understand how and why and what it means to be connected to God. So this morning, we're going to start off our series. We're going to start off taking a look at a section from John 15 where Jesus describes the connection that we have to God and what that means. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, Jesus here uses a picture that I think everybody can understand, right? We've all seen, maybe we haven't seen vines, right? This isn't a, the, the nice, warm, vine-growing climate. But we understand that the, the branch is coming off of a trunk, right? A tree, maybe. And any branch that comes off of a trunk, off of a, a tree or a vine, well, if it's connected to the vine, it's growing, and it's bearing fruit. It has life coursing through it, not because the branch is so powerful, but because, because of the vine, of the, of the trunk. But if you've ever picked up a stick off of the ground, well, you know how much life is in that branch, right? None. In fact, Jesus says those branches can do nothing. If you're not connected to the trunk, to the vine, it's lifeless, and therefore it's useless. And the only thing that it can do is be thrown into the fire. Now, Jesus doesn't explain how it is, in, the, in this section, Jesus doesn't explain how it is that we are, are disconnected, are cut off from, from God. Part of that is because of the context. Jesus spoke these words just hours before his betrayal and arrest. This is the last substantive conversation that he had with his disciples, laying out for them what's going to happen, telling them this is, this is what it means for you and this is what you are to do, assuring them, comforting them, encouraging them, praying for them. He also didn't expound on the, the cause of what cuts us off because he'd spent three years doing so restating what is taught from the beginning through the end of Scripture, that, that what cuts us off, what disconnects us from God, is very simple. It's sin. And, and sin, if you're not familiar with what that is or you're not sure what that is, sin is simply failure. It's failure to live the way that God wants. Failure to live the way that God commands us to live. So sin is failing to think the way that God wants us to think, to speak the way that God wants us to speak, to act the way that God wants us to act. And it's not just failing to, to do. It's not just that I say things I shouldn't. It's also that I don't speak up when I should. It's not just that I, I do things that God says not to do. It's also that I, I don't do the things that he tells me to do. And my thoughts, youch, right? I, I, I say things that I would never, 
I, I think things that I would never say or do because I know the, the hurt. I know the, the repercussions and the ramifications that would, that would be the result of those thoughts. The problem is I still thought them. And God knows that. Those failures to live, to act, to think, to speak the way that God commands us to think, act, and speak are called sin. And they're what break our relationship with God. The Bible is clear. It says your iniquities, your sin, separate you from God. Or this section from 1 Corinthians says once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Our sins make us aliens, aliens, strangers. They, they disconnect us from God and they make us not the lovable creatures that we want to think we are, but God's enemies. If you're struggling to, to, un, to think about it this way, to think of yourself, to think of other people as enemies of God, as, as dead spiritually by nature, of, as useless if you're not connected to God... Let me, let me give you a different picture. I bet if I asked you to, re, to pull out your phone, 98% of you would go digging in a bag, in a purse, in a pocket, right? Because almost everybody has a phone. And probably most of us have smartphones. You know what's amazing about these phones? If you have a phone that is less than a year old, a smartphone that's less than a year old, it has more computing power in the palm of your hand than full-size computers did seven years ago. That is amazing. And these machines, these high-end, high-tech machines are, are built for the express purpose of connecting you. Connecting you to other people, connecting you to the, the rest of the world, right? I mean, they do like ancient technology, like actually calling someone. Or you can text, or you can email, or you can IM or DM, or post stuff on social media, or tweet in that, the galaxy of, of different ways to connect to other people. You can pull up GPS and, and maps so you know where you're going. You can look up the weather, either where I am or where I'm going or any place else in the world, there's so much these tiny devices can do that connect you to the rest of the world. They're amazingly powerful. But I bet if you took your phone out right now and looked at it, you'd probably notice something. You'd notice that, well, there's not actually much to see. Because we're inside this giant concrete box with metal over our heads that does not actually let in many cell signals. In fact, if I look at my phone, it says 1x. No service, essentially. And unless you're a, a teacher here or connected to the Wi-Fi, you are disconnected from the rest of the world. All of the power, all of the features, all of the ways to use this thing are useless in here. Now, in here, it's not such a big deal, right? I, you can just step outside, whew, signal's back, I'm reconnected, whew, it's close, I almost didn't make it for 45 minutes. It's kind of the way we're wired though, isn't it? So what would happen if you took this and you went driving up into the mountains and there was no signal and you made a wrong turn? Huh? Ah, right? If you're a teenager, 
you're probably freaking out just because of, of FOMO, of the fear of missing out. I don't know what my friends are posting right now. They might be doing something fabulous and I'm stuck in a car in the middle of nowhere. But for everybody else, we would just feel helpless because, well, our navigation is offline. And I can't call anybody because I've got no signal. And all of a sudden, that's a scary feeling of being, having no connectivity, right? This amazingly powerful high-tech device, it, it really does you no good. It's useless if it's not connected because you're not connected. God wants us to understand that picture because the same is really true for people. If you're not connected to God by faith, you can't do anything that God considers to be good. That sounds like a really strong statement and a really harsh statement, but it's very simply what Jesus said, isn't it? If you're not connected to the vine, you're dead. You have no life in you, spiritually speaking. You're still breathing. You're still walking around in this world. But you can't do things that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. There is nothing that you can do. And we've already seen how that connection, how it falls short. It, it's not because of our performance, right? If it were based on our performance, well, we know what our performance is like. It's failure. And so our connection to God can't be based on us. It has to be based on someone who didn't fail. Like the someone who was talking in our text this morning, Jesus. See, Jesus is the one who lived perfectly the way that God commands. Think about that for a second. Do you actually believe that? And I think it's something that we say, yes, I believe it, but boy, I don't know how that works. Which shows just how far short of God's standard of perfection. It shows how, how broken and how much of, how often we fail that we struggle maybe even to comprehend what life is like without sinning. We, we can't fathom what that's like. But that's what Jesus did. He he never sinned with his words. He never spoke a word that was, that was cross or wrong or hateful or hurtful or spiteful or in any other way sinful. He never did anything that offended or hurt people that was not bringing them back to Jesus again, that was not intended for their repentance, their spiritual good. And to think he never even thought something that was wrong. He, his thoughts, every single thought that crossed through his mind was right in line with God's design and God's purpose. So when he looked at people, he didn't see, what can I get from them? He saw, what do they need from me? And Jesus lived that way perfectly so that he could give that perfect life. So that he could give it on the cross and use it as the perfect, the impossibly expensive payment for our sin, for all of our failures. Because you see what God did is he took our failure and put it on the one who had none. And then he took all of Jesus' 
perfect thoughts, his perfect words, his perfect actions, and he credits them to you so that when God sees you, he doesn't see failure after failure after failure after failure, dead, lifeless, useless. He sees perfect because of Jesus. So that means that you are connected, right? You are connected to the vine, to Jesus, and therefore to God. And because of him, through him, we have life. That's our second takeaway this morning, that trusting that Jesus is my Savior is what gives me real life. We are connected to God through Jesus, through the the most perfect, purest form of life there is. What's really awesome is that by being connected to Jesus by faith means that Jesus, his life is coursing through you. His perfection is what covers you. And so the re, the, what that means is what Jesus said earlier, right? If you're dead, you can do nothing. If you're cut off, you're useless. You can bear no fruit. But because we're connected to him, you will bear much fruit. It's how we're able to live lives that God would say is, are, are successful. So what does that look like, though? What does it mean to be bearing fruit, to be successful in God's eyes? Well, it means as people who know the peace and who know the joy of being forgiven by God, well, we are forgivers. It's so easy to hold on to past hurts, to bear grudges, to keep a a list of slights and wrongs, but that's not fruitful. It certainly isn't fruitful in our relationship with that person or other people, but really it's It's even more damaging. It's less so when it comes to our relationship with God. Instead, we we forgive. And so when we remember how and how much we have been forgiven and that we are connected to Jesus, that he lives in us, he gives us the power we're able to forgive. Even the deepest wounds even the the grossest hurts because he already paid for them all. It means to be successful or bear fruit that we want lives that that impact others. We want lives that, that let people see, but not see us, but see God. We want to live in such a way that that is glorifying, but not glorifying me, it's glorifying God, so that people go, wow, but not wow, hey, you, wow, at the goodness and mercy of God. We want to live lives that, as Jesus says in verse 8, are to our Father's glory because we bear much fruit. And so we show ourselves to be his disciples. See, Jesus wants us to be seen and to be known. To be seen and to be known, but not as, hey, look at that guy with all of the the letters after his name. Look at that lady with all of her accomplishments. Look at all the trophies that that person has won. Look at all the, how much they've accumulated. God wants us to be seen and to be known because of him. 
And so that brings us to our last takeaway this morning, that I need to be connected to God for my life to have purpose and fulfillment. If you've wondered what your purpose is, if you've wondered how can I be satisfied, how can I, I feel like I've, like I've lived a full life, well, this is where it starts. To know God through Jesus and to live for God through Jesus. It's sadly ironic that most people would say that makes it a giant waste of your life. Right? The fact that you come here on Sunday mornings and you spend time here, what a waste. That, that you give a percentage of your income as a gift back to God, what a waste. That, that you don't just indulge yourself in whatever, whatever pleasures your mind can come up with, what a waste. But we know better, don't we? Not because we're smarter, but because we've experienced, we've, as the Bible says, we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. That being connected to him, yeah, there are some things that, that we don't indulge in, that the world says are, are great, and we say, it's all right, I've got something better. Because I've got, I've got life, I've got, I've got a real life, I've got purpose and fulfillment and so it doesn't matter how much money someone earns, how many trophies they accumulate, how many causes they champion, how many lives they impact, if they're not connected to God. By faith in Jesus as their Savior. But when you have that connection, dear friends, how does it change everything? Because now our lives have purpose. Now our lives have, have meaning, and we know what it means to be successful it means that I let God be seen. I let, I let his love be known. And I'm not ashamed of it. Because my purpose is to bear fruit. And to let my God be seen. To let people know that my Savior died for me and he died for them too. That's what it means to be successful. From the one who made us and the one who saved us. Because ultimately, it's his standard that we care about. God bless your efforts as you are connected to him and live for him. Amen. May the peace of our God, which goes beyond your understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Jesus. Amen.